Claire Kimschmidt, Executive Editor of Farm Equipment here. Welcome to the latest episode of Farm Equipment's podcast series, Our Dealer Story. In this week's episode, Alan Stenham from the Farm Equipment team sat down with Carrie and David Mitchell of Mobile Ag and Industrial Supply while he was out in California for World Ag Expo. What started in 1998 as a safety and industrial supply company run out of the home, today Mobile Ag is a short-line equipment dealership that carries McCormick, Versatile, JCB, and a number of other lines. They had the opportunity to take on one of the major lines, but after looking at what the OEM wanted, Carrie and David decided it wasn't for them. Different products, if a customer asks for it, we're not going to be put in a box. You know, if there's something out there and we can establish another, you know, line of whatever it may be, and we've always been flexible like that. We feel like that's the fun part of being, can I say, a mom and pop shop. Some people are offended by that, but I think that's what, it, what we are and we love it that way. That was Carrie talking about the flexibility being an independent and short-line only dealer has allowed them. Before we head over to Alan's conversation with Carrie and David, I wanted to thank our sponsor, HBS Systems, a multi-generational company that for over 30 years has provided leading edge systems and software technology designed specifically for ag and construction equipment dealers. Thanks for making this podcast series possible. We'll jump into the conversation with Carrie and David, sharing some of the story of how the business got started. This is the Our Dealer story of mobile ag and industrial supply. Why don't you guys uh, go ahead and introduce yourselves? I'm Carrie Mitchell, and um, I'm actually the president of, of Mobile Ag, and I kind of am the day-to-day, you know, operations uh, director there, and um, direct the, the sales and you know everything that goes on there. And then David will tell you, but he's the guy that I bounce everything off of, just behind the scenes. So he's the guy that uh, has all the wisdom, and I have uh, all the uh, busyness of every day. So. Sounds like a good fit. Yeah, very good fit. Yeah, I'm David Mitchell, and uh, like Gary said, uh, I'm mostly in the background of everything. Kind of my main role is an idea guy. I take practical knowledge because we have a custom farming operation as well. And so I take the experiences that we have out there, uh, working with different customers in our own custom farming operation, what we do with the equipment, so I can bring the practical uh, daily operations of a piece of equipment to the knowledge of Kerry and then our sales staff as well. So, and then being that we have property and stuff that we can utilize, we can actually do hands-on training with our personnel, both our mechanics, our sales staff, all that, so they get a really good feel of just what a piece of equipment does in the situation they're looking at. So, so you get to, to make the ideas and knock them around a little bit out the... Yeah, and the guys rely on me to be able to give them information on what a tractor will do, you know, pulling different implements and stuff like that that the customer may be wanting to do a specific task with. So um, with in Kern County, we have over 400 different uh, crops that we deal with. So it gives us a huge um, pool of information working with all these different people on all the different tractors. So it works out very well, actually. Tell me a little bit about the history. How did uh, Mobile Ag get started? Some of your players involved and some of those good, bad, ugly early memories, you know? (laughs) We started, um, well, it kind of goes back to David's family was in the farming business and the equipment dealership. They were Agco Alice dealers for many, many years. And that was all, David grew up in the dealership and on the farm. And when you were 16, when he was 16, his grandfather passed away. And then the players in the, in the dealership, they wanted to sell out and have nothing to do with it and just retire early. 
which they did. So when I met David at 21 years old, we were both 21, and one day he told me, I'm going to be a tractor dealer and a farmer. And I tell the story and I say, and you're an idiot. No. <laughs> and look, it came true. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so you know, and David that, again, that was that's his that was his side. That's he's the dreamer. Um, I guess I'll tell you another funny story now that we talked about dreamer because now our children and our and their uh, spouses are involved in the business, and my name is Hope Killer Dream Smasher. They have the dreams, and I smash it because I put financial numbers to it, and so I'm the bad guy. But every once in a while, there's a good dream, and that was one of them. So long story short, it was probably about four or five years later, David was doing some farming. He was growing carrots for Bolthouse and Grimley, the big carrot companies here in town. And uh, I started up, my kids were a little bit older and they'd gone to grade school. And so I started up a safety and industrial supply business uh, really out of the house. Hired one salesperson. We filled our garage, his garage, and a C train down on the farm with stock. Uh, we didn't have a storefront. We did that for about three years, and we bought another industrial supply company that the guy was retiring. So then we had a storefront. We started the, the safety part of it because on the farm side of the operation, uh, which was the only thing going at that point until she started the safety part, we were using just so much of the safety equipment, the Tyvex, the nitro gloves, the rubber boots and stuff for our own processes that we were doing for custom farming and our own farming that the expenses you know she was like looking at it and how can we cut in this area so talking it back and forth this and that and then she happened to talk with her sister whose brother-in-law was in that type of business and so she coordinated with steve and got everything rolling to where and all we'd hoped for initially was just kind of zero out on our own cost for those things for our own self but it just snowballed and turned into way more than that so we just kept it moving and uh, when we did purchase the other safety company they were strictly a um, oil field related safety company so we were only ag related safety so when we purchased them it overnight doubled in size um, and then also uh, gaining experience in the oil field market and all the things they use from gas detection and breathing air you know all that stuff that we hadn't needed to do yet you know but found ourselves right in the middle of and you learn fast because obviously things are expensive so <laughs> you got to learn those things really fast and in 2002 2003 era we began talking with McCormick because McCormick dealerships were becoming available in the United States they brought the brand back to the US and we uh, talked to those guys in about probably late 2003 we took on the McCormick dealership and uh, it was not months later we sat in that store at the counter the two of us and i said oh my goodness you are farming and now we have a tractor dealership maybe you're not an idiot <laughs> so uh we started with mccormick very very small um two three tractors very quickly started up you know renting and you know just two or three tractors at a time built up the rental yard too we probably have 40 to 50 tractors in the rental yard at any given time now. Um, we grew through three or four different shops and properties. We're always outgrowing where we're at. And I guess... That's the, a good thing. Yeah, no, definitely. We're always... Don't have enough space. Um, but the kids joined in. Our daughter's the oldest, and she probably joined us uh, doing some bookkeeping while she was in college. She went to college locally, and that's probably been eight or nine years ago. 
and our son's two years younger and he kind of came on and he uh, was driving our delivery truck and then both of them married and it ended up that my uh, my daughter's husband my son-in-law is uh, was a trained John Deere mechanic worked for the Deere dealership in town and uh, decided to come over with us and so he runs our, uh, our service facility and my son now runs the sales side of the business and my daughter and my daughter-in-law who has joined us just in the last few years they run all of the the parts in fact we we say we've got the best two parts girls in the whole united states they are amazingly efficient um i think all parts people should be women because they're so efficient <laughs> but they uh they they run all the parts they do all the the uh, service billing they do all the warranty so the all that part of the business they've they've taken on so it's it's kind of been fun to watch our kids grow into it because when we started we had no idea whether you know our kids were small you have no idea whether one or more of them wants to take part so when each one of them wanted to take part and then each one of their spouses it's you know it's one of those places that 99 percent of the time we love working together and one percent we hate each other it's usually the two siblings if there's any verbal duke it outs it's the <laughs> my daughter and my son that are you know because they have no qualms they're comfortable with each other arguing so the other two just kind of stand in the background and just watch it unfold so well i guess I, I go back to how it started with our daughter's name's kaya and when kaya was uh we actually lost a parts guy and she was really just helping with bookkeeping and things like that maybe helping at the counter and you know all the, everything's computer based now all the parts books and all that and so i said kaya i, I need your help you, you're 20 something you know how this stuff works so she dove in and got involved and day after day after day she'd get frustrated with it and she'd say i hate parts i hate parts i don't want to do parts and i'd say kaya that's what i need you to do now that's what we need you are so efficient at it and probably within five or six months we had people calling on, I want to talk to that one girl. That one girl knows everything. She gets right back to me. Immediately she responds. And part of it is the age, but it's just um, she she learns that every computer system. We don't just sell McCormick parts. We sell McCormick parts, versatile parts, deer parts. Now, mind you, I'm not a deer dealer. I don't want to step on anyone's toes, but we order parts from another local deer dealer. Um, but she looks them all up. Um, we sell JCB parts. Um, LS parts, droids for parts, and so she knows every one of their systems, which are distinctly different. She knows exactly how it all works, and and she's taught Paige a lot of it. So Paige is her, her, her backup, um, you know, if, when it gets really busy. And the uh, guys at the counter that come in, they love working with those girls, and uh, they they can see that they know exactly what they're talking about. And I'm amazed. Five years in, I look at her and I say, "And you hated parts." You are the best parts person there is. And I've watched her, if she calls over to the uh, deer dealer, she'll check herself, she'll look up the parts, she'll start looking it up when she calls them on the phone, gets them on the phone. And I've seen her sit there and go, yes, I beat them. She finds the part before they do, you know? <laughs> so it's become kind of a challenge to her to be as good as she is at it. And of course her, her husband is our service manager, so she's you know great assistance to him and all of our technicians so they uh they all they all, all work together great there i love it so you've got the industrial side of things and it sounds like the industrial side and then the ag side they kind of have their own tracks and um 
have those two merged? And, and have you found that uh, the, the lines get blurred there with some of the things that you're doing on the industrial side? Yeah, because... The, like the industrial the, side is just product. Yeah. And so they're using a lot of the same yeah. safety products as the yeah. ag group is, yeah. But the, in the as the rental fleet has gone and been built, the oil fields mix dirt and stuff like that. So they need have a need of um, using discs, tractors, that kind of stuff. Things that we you know use all the time on the farm stuff and so we're actually starting to get um, a good blend of the equipment crossing over to oil field related uh, needs um, yep. so that's worked out really well um, with that part of it so because we rent implements as well all the different implement lines that we carry ourselves, we not only sales and service but rent those as well so so you're renting tillage equipment or? yep yep yeah, yeah. now you rent with the farmers uh, we do actually, because there'll be different farmers that may want to plant something that they don't normally or only plant it every so often because of a rotation crop. So to purchase the unit doesn't justify because it may sit there two, three years and not get used until that time. So we have those different pieces that they can just come in, rent for the season. We keep everything in very good condition, you know, all that kind of stuff. So uh, it's reliable and clean. And then obviously when we get so much rental on every piece of equipment the goal is to get it out and sold so we get fresh iron in so they like that because they don't have to you know oh it's the season for it so now i got to go through and do repairs it's ready for them when they want it so interesting is that uh, a little more prevalent out here see, see some of that with uh, I think it probably is just because of the diversity of uh, the crops out here in California. And as prices and everything go back and forth, they'll change it up real quick. So they don't want to, you know, buy a fifty, sixty thousand dollar plus piece of equipment for a once every once in a while deal. So it depends on the equipment the larger the piece of equipment particularly i say the higher horsepower stuff probably good four years on some of the small stuff i mean some implements goodness it can be you know six nine months so uh but there's more wear and tear there's a little bit more you know chance that you're going to have more expense in repairing it so because rental equipment is still not treated as kindly as someone's own most of the time. On our rental yard, we have, I guess we've differentiated ourselves from all the local rental yards that we see because they have very specific policy. They bring something in and at two and a half years, it's, you know, it's sold out. There's no, and so we've always said our rent, every piece of rental equipment we have is for sale every single day. Um, there's a lot of times that we have something that's out with a customer that is only a rental customer, not a purchase customer, which is perfectly fine with us. But we'll call them up and say, hey, I have a sale for that piece of equipment. We're going to come get it. We're going to bring you a new one. And they, you know, they understand that's, that's the way it works. So everything is for sale at, at every moment in time. It's just, you know, there, there's, yeah, exactly. Either way. Yeah. And if you, if you want to buy it, buy it now, because otherwise you're getting a new one. And so. Um, so I think that's that's helped the sales business a lot because people come in and well I don't want to spend seventy thousand dollars for a new tractor well I've got one for fifty five that you know has got a few hours on it still got plenty of warranty and we probably I'd venture to say we sell eighty five percent with some amount of, of rental income on it as opposed to brand new. 
How does that stack up with some of the, the other dealerships around here? I'd say they are the reverse. I would say they sell 15 to 25 percent. With yeah. yeah. So you guys are really unique. Yeah, very, very much. And that's always been our marketing tool is, is that rental. Yeah, when we first got the McCormick line, um, you know, you start going out there to present it to customers and stuff for a sale, and you know, you get turned down. And it's like, oh, you know, I only buy this color, uh, but I rent whatever color it is when I need equipment. It doesn't matter because it'll do the job. It's like. All right, well, let's take that and run with it, you know, rent my equipment. And then next thing you know, they're like, you know what, this has worked out really well. How much is it? And so then, you know, you roll the, some of the rent off of it for them for the price reduction. And they're like, just leave it here. I'll bring you a check, you know, so one of those type deals. So that's why the, the rental fleet for us has been, you know, a huge um, marketing tool for us that's done very well for yep. us. So early 2000s you picked up the industrial line from the oil side of things right and all of a sudden you've got you know, double the business there so tell me a little bit more about those early days there and maybe those first five years and some of the other examples like uh, the industrial supply side things that changed the business there yeah, uh, when we bought the other company, um, the staff there was very much geared towards oil field related because Kern County's two big economies are oil and ag. And um, so they were very separate, knowledge base wise, focused wise. And we wanted to make all the sales staff and the team be able to go wherever they wanted to. So the oil field guys, they educated our guys that were salesmen for the ag side and vice versa, which actually works really well because then, you know, you get into ag customers that have cold storage. So they need gas detection for monitoring and stuff like that, which, you know, we up until then we had no knowledge of. But um, once we got teamed up with the oil field side, then we had access to all the different gas detection there is and the companies and the guys fixed systems and, you know, portable systems and all that kind of stuff. So it made a well-rounded representation and the guys would team up. So you would have an oil field guy uh, go with an ag guy to an ag customer and then you would have the reverse because then if they were talking to an oil field company that did road grading and mixing of dirt and stuff like that, they knew tractors, they knew equipment to could get that job done more efficiently than what they had been doing it. And so it just worked really well and the knowledge passed back and forth to where the whole team now is basically all integrated within both big industries that we have here in, in Kern County. It seems compared to the Midwest, those markets do get blurred out here a lot more. You know, you, you see dealerships that are much more diverse right. out here. You've got construction equipment, oil and gas equipment, you know, uh, usually there's some type of shipping element to the business too. Right. Yeah. And we've always said, you know, I've had salespeople come to us many, many times and say, Carrie, can we sell? And I've always said, if it's legal and we can make a profit, yeah, we have no problem. If we can buy it right. And uh, so we pursue, in fact, Kaya and Paige do a lot of that pursuing of uh, different products. If, if, a, if a customer asks for it, we don't, we're, we're not going to be put in a box. You know, if there's something out there and we can establish another, you know, line of whatever it may be. And we just, uh, we, we've always been flexible like that. Um, we feel like that's the fun part of being can I say a mom and pop shop? Some people are offended by that, but I think that's what it, what we are, and we love it that way. The salespeople can come in, they can talk to David, they can talk to me, and yeah, you know, in ten minutes we can make a decision. We've got no board of directors, you know. It's, it's uh, 
we can make a decision, turn on a dime, and decide it's a you know it's a good opportunity. I don't we don't have to wait. So you better make our other listeners jealous. <laughs> Yeah, nobody has to put in a uh, proposal, a written proposal for, yeah. So that, that independent streak has really helped you guys out. Oh, yeah. I think we always say, we say now, people say, how did you start? And I say, we are too dumb to know any better when we started. Now I'm too dumb to get out. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get back to the mobile ag story in a minute. But first, I wanted to say thanks to HBS Systems, the sponsor of this series. To learn more about HBS's equipment dealership management systems, visit www.hpssystems.com. After that, head over to farm-equipment.com for the latest industry news. And to learn more about the next Dealership Mind Summit and to register, visit www.dealershipmindsummit.com. Now back to the story of mobile ag and how Carrie and David see the business evolving and growing during the next decade. You do change. You know, in the beginning, there was a probably a lot more risk-taking that went on. And as you gain you know employees and then they, they become family you get to know their families and now our very own families involved in the business I would say some of the that risk-taking ability gets much more scary much more thought-provoking because it's not just us now now it's you know 20 different families are affected so it's scary uh, I don't know if I would consider it scary, but you definitely, the thought process is because um, we never want to jeopardize our right. staff it's and their families. It's a responsibility now. It's more of a responsibility. Yeah. Um, so we'll, you know, whereas before, you just go. You know, you sounded good, looked good, numbers look good, you just go. Um, now we double check it to make sure that it doesn't um, make it hard for the people and their families that work for us you know because we're all a team and we do stuff together we have you know, dinner gatherings and stuff like that um, goal sets we hit goals we take everybody to uh, dinner and their families or you know significant others and stuff like that in the past we've also taken staff on cruises um, just very you know try to keep it fun and exciting and different you know so um because our staff is more than a staff to us they're our extended family yeah so and we treat them that way at least i hope they think we do you know so <laughs> yeah and we feel like again with a small company we can offer benefits sometimes that large corporate can but we can offer the benefits of working for a, a small family group and uh, you know it's it's more like more like being at home um, I've always I always tell people you know you have this many sick days because the state of California mandates that etc but if you have a kids and, and your kids gonna be in a play tomorrow at 10 o'clock if you got yourself covered go, go to your kids play at 10 o'clock just come back to work when you're done and and we're able to be that flexible and um, again more like more like family and just you know you get your job done and and uh, we, we, we want you to enjoy your family and, and do those things instead of saying oh goodness two weeks ago you didn't put in for a day off so now you can't go see your kids play so it's uh, that's that's something that we prided ourselves in and we of course, in California, we probably don't have as good of health benefits as, you know, big, giant corporations. I'm not sure they even do anymore, but uh, it's, I think most people, if they work with us, they love being there. And every once in a while, we get someone that just doesn't love that environment, and no harm, no foul. Um, we maintain relationships with a lot of ex-employees that just wasn't the right place for them, so. 
Technicians, obviously, you know, finding good skilled labor is always an issue. Or is, is that a problem out here for you guys? Or? Uh, constant. We've, in fact, my son-in-law has built a relationship with our local Bakersfield Community College, and they've got a new instructor up there in the last couple years that's built one heck of a diesel uh, mechanic program. Um, he is putting guys out. Last year, he put. I don't know, maybe a dozen or more out into the community, and the end of their program, before they graduate, they have to do uh, six weeks, six 40-hour weeks in a dealership or in a large, you know, farm shop, and we took three of them in last uh, spring and ended up hiring one young man who is amazing, so we're building him up, teaching him, and uh, we have we have several real seasoned technicians that we've hired over time from other facilities but to us you know raising up these young 20 somethings um we're getting ready to hire another young guy right now and uh, sometimes it's harder because you just can't put them on a you know a big job by themselves but we put them with another guy and and just have mentored them up through the through the system and those are the guys that we hope stay and they, they, they fit our family mentality, so, um, but yes, finding them is, is quite difficult. We're, we're not training enough of them up yet, but, but Bakersfield College is doing a great job right now, so we hope, uh, we hope that's good for the entire community right now. Yeah, that sounds like something you want to stay dialed in yeah. to as much as possible. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we take very active role with them. Uh, we get them engines and stuff like that and full pieces of equipment that they can practice tearing down, putting back together and all that kind of good stuff. So, uh, again, Jake, our son-in-law, has been extremely intertwined with the instructor there to where um, he gets pretty much pick of the guys that are coming through the school, you know, because the instructors, like, can give you some insight which ones are better and which ones have the more natural talent, you know. Some struggle with it and they want to be in it, and then there's those others that, for whatever reason, it just comes natural to them, you know, and those are the guys that we look for first, and then if they can blend with our group, it's it's a perfect fit, but there's not not a ton of them out there to pick from, so. And then you've got to compete with the other industries. Right. Yeah. Yeah, usually the ones that do fit our personality, uh, fit in the company, they don't want to go to work with the bigger guys. They don't want to be just a number. Um, they want to make their time with us count, you know, and they're usually looking at us uh, wanting to build a career there and stay there. They don't want to hop around, so, which is... And I would say our biggest competition, going back to our oil and ag, is the oil fields. And when the oil fields are booming and the price is high... The oil fields have more money to pay than any of us agricultural dealerships, and so they'll steal them away. But unfortunately, when oil does this, when oil turns down, now all of a sudden there's you know a whole bunch of people without a job on the market, and so that's what we've kind of tried to share with our employees that uh, you know th this ag business is very steady, it's very stable. You, it might not be the top paycheck in the in the town when the oil fields are booming, but when the oil fields decide that, you know, 500 people need to be laid off, they all get a check the next day. I've never seen that happen with uh, ag dealerships. So it's a much more stable, you know, family thought process with, with all of our ag dealerships in town. They're, they're, all very, they're all family operations, which is, you know, very nice. You, you talked about how the rental component, how that's, you know, kind of a different revenue stream there. And, and, it, and it sounds like you guys are doing some other different stuff with parts too. And that's been a, a real 
real positive and that positive thing guys it sounded like. Break that down a little bit more. Absorption, as you know, is, is you know keeping a lot of businesses afloat. Right. With the, with the service, and you know what, that's what Jake has really helped us with when we started bringing in all the other brands, because we used to struggle with service labor absorption, because, you know, we didn't have as much service work. You sell new equipment, uh, very new equipment, there's not that much service work, and that's just kudos to McCormick and, you know, the fact they don't break down too much, but um, with all the other work, now we, now, our, our our service business. What did we figure out the other day? We have in in about three years, our uh, our service labor has quadrupled. So that that's the basis. That's the uh, um, that's the good you know stable part of the business now. Now now selling attractors, frosting on the cake, but it's going to bring the parts and and uh, service in. So we've uh, kind of just established ourselves out there, and we jump. You know, you call us on Saturday at ten o'clock at night somebody's there so that's what those guys need especially our dairy guys when they're running cows eat every day of the year even on christmas and and having you know the unique two uh industries um ag and oil in our uh, county it helps with cash flow for the business obviously yep so um because they, they like I say with one slightly down or one slightly up the other one's going to town and making things work so it's uh it's a very good um, asset to have, you know, and we're fortunate to be in that environment. So, seize the opportunity to be in the two biggest industries in our in our community. So, is that a kind of an aha moment? Is there a moment of revelation there with service where, where you're like, you know what, we're doing something right here? Yeah. And you made a conscious yeah. decision to, to really make that a. Yes, especially when our son-in-law became parts, because then we knew we had that key person that was going to drive that. And he had some of the relationships with uh, some of the farmers that we work for, and, uh, and he's, uh, he's, a, he's a driven soul. So he's, uh, you know, and he loves it. Every new customer he gets, it's just, you know, exciting to him. So that, that was really the time when we really pushed. We, we'd always yeah. tried to go out and get service business but when when jake came on that's that's really when when that part of the business we put right. put the big push out so he's probably pretty hands-on and works with people oh absolutely yes yeah. yes he's he's uh you know he's kind of running the service side of the business but he's he's working every day too he's got his tools out yeah and he's done a lot of training our young guys too right. he's he's uh been super helpful he loves the new guys coming up so and it's not not uncommon by any means for him to be doing six days a week, fourteen hour days. Yeah, you know, yeah. uh, if he needs to be at some of the irrigation companies, the big irrigation companies uh, there in town, um, they'll be doing uh, rentals of their own on the big pumps and stuff like that. And if they should go down, then they always call Jake because they know Jake's ability. They they trust him. They don't call anybody else. He gets the direct call, and it doesn't matter if it's midnight, two o'clock in the morning, whatever. And he's got a big Peterbilt service truck, chock full of tools and parts, and he just hooks it up and goes wherever it is, you know. So uh, he's not afraid or bashful, yeah. or he doesn't whine about it anyway. He's he's a worker, so. So you've, you've got kind of the core business there, and, and you're, you know, we're in the mid two thousands now. And- what, what were some uh, some things that uh, that happened after things kind of settled and you kind of realized we were actually doing this and, <laughs> and uh, it's it's a real thing? Right. You know, 
I think the ne the next big step we took that that particularly David pursued here at the farm show for three, four, five years was a, the versatile dealership. And uh, there was a, a versatile dealer in Bakersfield. They were not selling any versatile tractors. They had one, and it was parked in the back. They were another brand, so it was kind of one of those moves to us that they, they take the short line, go hide it in the back, so they're keeping the competition out. I'm sure you've seen that all over the United States. And uh, so every year, David would come up here to the farm show, and he'd walk in, he'd say, hey, I'm interested in the versatile dealership. And they'd say, oh, where are you, Bakersfield? Oh, no, we have one. He'd, really? Okay. Are, are they are they doing you a good job? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So year after year after year. Finally, one year, he comes up here on a Tuesday. I was back in the office, and he calls back. He says, we have a meeting after the show with the versatile guy. They want a dealership in Bakersfield. I said, what changed? And... Uh, great guy hope he gets to see the podcast his name's keith cross uh and he's uh, working for another brand now but he was up here and it was his first year here at the at the tulare show and he said we have got to have a, a you know active dealer in, in somewhere in this area and the other guy that was with him said well there's this one guy that comes by every year i don't know who he is hopefully he comes by and david dropped in that's the guy so within weeks we were the Kern County versatile dealer and uh, we took that line on it was kind of fun we did a uh, we did a big open customer open house uh, within weeks before we even had any tractor they were on order none came in and this Keith Cross again he came running and found me during this we probably had 200 people on the lot and he says oh my goodness do you want to sell a tractor today I said yeah, I want to sell a tractor, but I don't have one, Keith. He says, it's already sold. This margin, are you good with that? Are you good with that price? I said, that's great. So, actually, our new rep actually sold the very first versatile for us at an open house we had. So, that was kind of fun. Yeah, yeah without a tractor, the off the brochure. So, so we, we took that on, and, and that was in 2010. And then we've been with JCB for five or six years now, so we're you know slowly building that up. That's that's been a tougher sell with the John Deere and Cat construction equipment, but slowly but surely people are you know either renting it or, or giving it a try. And you know we've done a again with service in JCB, uh, Jake and and a couple two of his technicians particularly are have become very well jcb trained because jcb sells more equipment to the national rental yards than any of us dealers and we, they they sell direct and the, those companies can either do the work themselves or they can bring the tractors to us for service and most of them don't do any extensive service work and so we actually have stuff coming in from two to five hundred miles away jcb to, to work on it so um, jake and his couple guys have um you know, taking on all that JCB business, the service reps for the national accounts call Jake constantly and say, hey, I'm bringing in more, I'm bringing in more, because a lot of the JCB dealers, I guess, don't want to do that service work. I'm not not sure why, but, and, and it also may be that Jake's good at it. I actually had one of the service guys here yesterday say, hey, I heard one of the rental yard uh, machines came in with an engine problem or, or had an engine problem. And the other guy said, yeah, we took it over to Jake at Mobile Ag. And Barry said, I don't have to worry about it. It's it's solved. I don't need to get involved. So it's kind of nice to know that that's, uh, that's the way they think about our service shop. So, so how did that come about? The JCB? Well, what did you guys do? 
for JCD dealers 500 miles away. There's got to be other services. I think it came it came through their um, service representatives. You know, they've got service reps um, that belong to you know work for JCB that are um, aimed at nothing but uh, the national accounts. The couple of the reps. You know, they started working with Jake and realized, oh my God, this guy is motivated. He's doing all the training. He's teaching the other guys in the shop. And those guys' job is to get, make sure national account equipment is repaired. And so they got to where that's why they would, you know, send them our way because they knew Jake knew how to work on whatever it was. And a lot of the other dealers were not, you know, getting the training or, I guess maybe cared to do that work either. I don't know. So, so it really got built up through the JCB uh, service reps. So you guys built a reputation for right. reliability. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Now, right. And when they knew they needed something fixed, they'd say, "Hey, just take it over there to Mobile Ag." So, yep, that's exactly how that was and built up. Jake and his crew were turning around the the repairs for them quicker than yep. the past people had been doing. Yeah. So, so, which. Obviously, on a national rental company, if they can get it back out there and renting, that's where they make their money. So, Wait, was there ever a point when you guys considered being a major and the short lines? In, yeah, tell, tell me a little bit about that. But there were no, there's no majors available in our in our area. One uh, case approached us for a coastal. Yeah, over dealership. on the coast. We took a look at it. We met with the, the representatives and stuff like that. Um, they had had no representation over at the Central Coast. And so we took a look at it uh, and we were rather taken aback about what their demands were. They, 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 there's this structure in a box on how the big guys work. And right down to what your sales counter looked like yeah. and what, you know, $2 products you were going to be on your counter, what your building was going to look like, where the stripes were. And it was like, wow, I, I say my business, if I was doing it in Iowa or I was doing it in Texas, would look very different. To me, you're going to adapt to where you're at and, and what you need to do. And so I was amazed that they wanted to tell us how to run our business. Maybe that's a little bit of our crazy independence you know it's like no 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 no. i'm going to set up my sales counter the way i think my sales counter looks the best i'm going to set up my building the way it looks the best um and so yeah we were quite taken back so after that to have you know want us to stock parts on tractors that weren't even in the area yeah and it's like uh, now we're just tying up money that doesn't need to be tied up there but yeah we're supposed to stock it you know right. so, it's like, so we found that the short lines are, are way more flexible that they um, they look at us and say hey you know your business better than we do so that's you know in fact that's what we're doing now in California for McCormick with our new partnership with McCormick we are um, now McCormick at Mobile Ag which is us we're establishing new dealers in California they came to us and, and asked it, and it's, to us it's a great idea. To them it was a great fit because we can go sell McCormick because we can tell them we've worked with them. We're not a salesman that works or a representative that works for McCormick that's trying to get a dealer to open and get you to put 20 tractors in your yard. We can sit down and work with you. We know the California market better than anyone at McCormick does, all of us. And um, we are, are working on, uh, I think we've got a dealership that will open real soon up in Northern California. Uh, they're small guys. They were, um, they are versatile dealers. That's where we got to know them. So one at a time, we're going to 
pick several spots in in California and get some small family-owned dealerships uh, opened up and get it get it going again because McCormick has been really poorly represented in California. So it's a great story. Yeah, uh, working with some of these other kind of similar stories to you. Right. Guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And that's what we're kind of looking for is that kind of person. Okay. There's one thing you could share from your experience that uh, you would either use as a word of encouragement or caution. What have, what have you learned that you would like other people to take away from your It's not an 8 to 5 job. Right. It's a job that you, I mean, we've always said we've been married just over 30 years and, you know, it's not always easy to live what we what we live because you go home at night and what do you talk about? What what happened? You know, he's talking about what he tells me what they did out on the the ranch or whatever. And I'm telling him, okay, we did this, and so you live it till till you go to sleep. You live it when you wake up, and so if you you know don't have a a strong base relationship first, you're gonna crash. Don't don't do it. Um, when you say, and, and because it is, it's every day, it's Saturday, it's Sunday, it's, it depends, you know. It, and if you have a passion for it, yeah. that, that's going to be your fuel to make things ha- go through and follow through on everything. Um, you know, that's why we never did uh, push our kids into going into the business because if that wasn't where their passion was, you know, this is what we do. And so if they were going to be doctors or veterinary people or lawyers or whatever it was, truck drivers, it didn't matter, you know, um, then they needed to do that. Um, We didn't want to stick them somewhere where they didn't really want to be because when somebody's put in that position, you you don't do your best. You just do everything half-haphazardly and stuff. So um, I would say whatever your passion is, you know, whether it be in the equipment business, farming, whatever that's where you need to go with it because the rest of the time you're just not going to give it if you don't love it you can't do it your whole life there's no way and we do love what we do oh yeah not every day is a fabulous on top of the mountain day but you know what i still love doing what we do Mm -hmm. you know it's very exciting every day so so what's the uh what's the business look like in uh the next five ten years ten years we've told the kids ten years you figure out all your strengths and you figure out which part you're definitely, you know, like we say, my daughter and daughter, the parts. And, and we think we're kind of seeing where they're going to be. But in 10 years, we want those kids to figure out, will we walk away? No, no. we'll never walk away. You know, you, you carry us away in a pine box. But um, we would like to maybe spend a little more time at the coast, maybe take a few more vacations. Um but the kids are already getting to the point where they can handle a lot of things when we're not there. But so, but over the ten years, they grow in responsibility and to where that you know ninety five percent of of day to day operations are controlled by them. So that's what that's what we see. Do you see adding any uh, locations or growth that? We're, we're looking at yeah, it's just uh, you know the right place has got to turn up. Yeah, I think yeah. as we go through, especially partnering up with McCormick and get uh, moving in different areas of California and stuff um, there'll be places that'll jump out at me that I want you know mobile ag to be in um, because then it you know from a logistic standpoint uh, we can better service the rest of the dealership network with 
um, especially when we're housing, you know, and continuing to build numbers wise, the rental fleet, making that available to our, you know, fellow California dealers. Um, so as this movement moves forward, um, we'll have other locations right. scattered throughout. Especially in areas that we can't find our kind of people. Yeah. If we can't find our kind of people that are already established, then that's where we're going to want to step in to cover that territory. So it's rare that I get a husband and wife that have worked so closely on the business together. I'll ask you one final question here. So, Amy, uh, if you could best describe Gary, how would you best describe her? We'll see if we get this in here. Cut! Um... You know what, she, uh, like she said, I'm very much the idea person. Um, I get ideas throughout and I can, you know, I'm free to bounce them off her. She puts numbers to things and says, you know, she's the more common sense, I guess, would be the word for the logistics part of it, where I'm the runner of an idea and occasionally not often but i i get i'll get a, an idea so strong that i kind of have to go over a bit and, and drag her along but um and it's and i and i better be right when i do that because you know we're it's a team effort first of all and so if if i feel it's worth the headache of the argument after the fact then you know we'll we'll go even though she's like, eh, eh, you know, I don't know, I don't know. And I'm like, hey, hey, like we, we got to go. We, this is the way we got to go. So, which, like I said, doesn't happen that often. But um, she keeps it grounded for what we need to do. So we, um, we don't get ourselves in some kind of a financial issue and stuff like that. Um, so uh, I count on her for a lot for the, that part portion, you know, of a, of a teamwork effort and stuff like that. So... And it is very uh, interesting because I have almost all my friends who are like, I don't know how you do it. You know, I, I come home and have to spend, you know, two hours before I go to bed with my wife. That's all I want, you know. And it's like, you know, I, I vacation with her. I sleep with her. I business with her. I do everything like that. And it's like, I don't know. It just, for whatever reason, it works, you know. I just can't tell you in depth on why but it just seems to work so but yeah that's about it wow after that he told what he does and what I do <laughs> no and that's really really exactly what he said he's the dreamer he's the idea man and I'm the girl that puts a pencil to it and says yep you know what that works that like say there's some things and I'm a very conservative finance person budgeter I'm always going to um, budget the profits at the bottom and I'm going to budget the expenses right here and if there's still room yeah this is a good deal when he finally gets that one idea that might be like this that's when he's going to push me over the edge but you know I've, I've always been I've been that cautious um, finance person um, so that's uh but no he's he's definitely he's definitely my dreamer there's no doubt about it and that's the i guess that's the fun part of it because i'm not the dreamer i don't drag crazy bizarre ideas in i'm like okay this is you know where we're at and this works and you know we're gonna build this much nah he's you know he's up here so it's uh kind of makes it fun because i suppose if well, if he'd have never bought Versatile in, we wouldn't have been a Versatile dealer. There's, you know, a lot of big equipment that's come in that route. Um, 
So, a lot of, lot of, lot of fun ideas he's brought in. Pizza. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Okay, parting words? Uh, any, any final thoughts there? It's been fun, still having fun. Oh, yeah. Love to talk to customers. All these people walking in makes me, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and with the, the kids involved with where they're at and taking everyday more active roles and stuff like that, that gives us time to branch out and network with other people yep. like-minded, you know what I mean? So it's it's fun now where we didn't have the time to go out and meet people. There was the longest time that we were focused right in our own little backyard of what we were doing. So now with all this new, you know, McCormick and Mobile Ag partnering up and getting things moving forward that, that's just another refreshing something new yeah. to add to it, you know. It, it's never a dull moment, you know, and that's no. the fun part. And I, and I personally like fast pace. Um, so I, I something starts getting a little bit slower. Even even though we have different seasons on the farm stuff, so you get slowed down, you work on your equipment, this and that. I don't like it slow, you know. I, I start fidgeting. I was like, we got to got to speed this up. I'm <laughs> getting getting bored here or something. So, but no, it's it's fun. Thanks so much to Carrie and David Mitchell for taking the time to sit down and share Mobile Ag Story with us. And another thanks to HBS Systems for making this podcast possible. I'd love to get your feedback on the series, so drop me a line at kschmidt at lessetermedia.com. You can subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iTunes, the Google Play Store, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, or TuneIn Radio. This ensures you'll be alerted as soon as new episodes are made. Thanks for joining us for this one-on-one conversation with Carrie and David Mitchell. Until next time... I'm Kim Schmidt, signing out of the Our Dealer Story Podcast.